You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You can also catch us on youtube.com slash Chicago. Father Greg Sacco, it's the rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, executive director of the cathedral. Good morning, Mark. How was your weekend? Good morning. It was very good. You know, we were chatting on the way over. Uh, we went to All Saints. My mother-in-law died seven years ago on Saturday. So we went, and then the family went out for um, lunch. But, you know, she died uh, two weeks bef- two weeks after our first grandchild was born. Isn't it, it, I find it so interesting that many times a loved one dies, and within a month a new one is born. Yeah. They have in my own amazing. family. My Uncle Ted died, and three weeks later my sister had her oldest daughter, Michelle. So from death to life. And yeah, it, it's, it's very, amazing. Very it's very amazing that way. And uh, it, uh, so seven years since Mary's mom passed away. Doesn't, time just flies. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't seem that long. Well, look, it's already uh, Friday is April, April Fool's Day, and um, a couple weeks away from, less than two weeks away from Holy Week and then Easter. We can do a shout-out to a mutual friend of ours. April 1st is Joe Binder's birthday. Oh, is it really? Yeah, so if he's listening. Hey, Joe, if you're listening out there, uh, happy 60, probably 7th birthday. 67. We have a great program lined up. And for this first half hour, again, 312-255-8408. Unlocking Communities equips entrepreneurs with the education and tools to sell sustainable products that unlock economic, social, and environmental transformation in their communities. Through focusing on entrepreneurship development, water filtration system production, community needs response, and global financing, UC has impacted over 130,000 people since 2018, which is, Mark, is incredible in four years. Our guest, Josh Glorski. Good morning, Josh. How are you? Good morning. Good morning it's good Josh. to see you both virtually. Wish we could all be together in person. Hopefully soon we can be. Maybe it'll happen one day. And Josh, you always have that wonderful smile. And are we, are we calling you? Are you from home right now? Yes, I'm in Chicago at the moment, but I will be headed to Warsaw later this week and was in Guatemala City last week. You were so. in Guatemala City last week. Mm-hmm. Where you're getting around. Well, first of all, with Unlocking Communities, many of our listeners are unaware of this tremendous program, tremendous project you've undertaken going back to 2018. Give us the history and how did it even begin? How did you even get yeah. this idea? 
Great, great. Thank you, Father Greg. Great to see you, Mark, again, too. Um, Unlocking Communities began, and the idea began when a Catholic priest stayed with my family when I was about eight years old. And ironically enough, the priest, act, I actually gave up my bedroom and slept in, in the guest bedroom so the priest could have a bigger bedroom because he was in town for a week. And in talking with him that trip, and then when I was a kid, it left a really memorable impression on me. And then in high school, I got a chance to go to Haiti and saw the work being done there through the Catholic Church and through other organizations and really realized what a force for good the Catholic Church is around the world. And then got to go back in college with my Jesuit university. And that's where the idea for unlocking communities first began, was with the Jesuit school and talking about how do you recognize solidarity, preferential option for the poor, and they came up with the idea, we came up together with the idea for small business loans and selling water filtration systems on that trip. I would I would do it as like a little side project for a while, but then went on to found Unlocking Communities in 2018. And since then we've scaled now over a million dollars a year budget-wise. We're looking to scale like three or four times that within the next year or two. Now before Mark hops in here, uh, I need to ask this question, Josh. Here you are, an eight-year-old boy. Priest comes to visit in your home for a week. He talks about his ministry uh, in the community back home where he was from. But what was it within you that was so touched by that that not only did it, you say, whoa, what a great story, what a great priest, what a great mission and ministry he does, but somehow it stayed with you and affected your life. It, it, was, it changed your life at such an early yeah, age. Yeah, and I, what a great question, and I think it's, a lot the family element too. And so my mom got involved in Haiti and she found ways for us to get connected at an early age. We were selling coffee that was grown in Haiti. I remember many Sundays after mass, me and my sisters, none of us even had to drink coffee at this time in our lives and probably still don't, but um, we were selling coffee that was grown in Haiti by the local people there. And, you know, we thought it was just something fun to do, but my parents made volunteering fun. I always say that volunteering is is made fun because if you can make volunteering fun, it's really instills you never to count your volunteer hours, but just to give back as part of life. And my parents really instilled that. And you can see on the screen now, for those of you watching virtually, some of the backdrops of Haiti. And I just, when I went, I was oh. amazed at the beautiful country that it is. So, yes. Now, what did you see when you went on your first trip to Haiti, Josh? What did you see? Was it a surprise to you, the poverty? Was it something you were prepared for? So I think I knew a little bit about it because my mom had been, but also like there, there's a theory out there that says the first time you go to like a developing country, don't learn too much about it and let it kind of somewhat surprise you too, because then you can be fully open and not come in with any preconceptions. So I really tried to subscribe to that theory. I distinctly remember this conversation, actually. I haven't thought about it in a while, but just to go in with kind of a fresh eye so you're really open and yeah, it it, it it struck me the poverty, but also like the impact a parish can have abroad. Our church at that time had worked for so long in this town and they had, you know, made a big impact. They, of course, have had a lot of failed projects over the years, but the church, St. Thomas the Apostle in Naperville, actually is a twinning parish with the parish in Dushiti, Haiti. They had made a big impact. There was a health clinic built, schools built. 
like edu educate better edu quality education was being provided for all. Of course, like once you take care of some of the basic human needs, you get down to the next level of needs, such as economic development and job creation and, and some of those, which are which is what unlocking communities really works to do, address. Do you remember in the parish, where did that leadership come from? I mean, that's a huge jump because usually, yeah. not usually, but many times in parishes, the needs we look at our local. We don't look at the global uh, needs. So how did that happen? So the parish was already fairly progressive. This is back in like the mid nineties. They had a director of social justice on staff who was a sister Marlene, shout out to her. Now what parish was um, this by the way, Josh? St. Thomas the Apostle in Naperville. In Naperville, um, okay. They had a sister, I can't remember, I'm drawing, uh, like she's, she's from the Chicago area, but she was the director of outreach and social justice at the parish. And she was the one who really charted the course for the parish, both in locally doing food pantry work, job creation, you know, homelessness prevention in Chicago, in, in the Naperville area, but also like doing the broad work. And I remember she was the one who really championed, championed this work. And to this day, well, then the thing is, when you went to Haiti for the first time, and I love that comment about don't go into with too many preconceived notions, but be open to the spirit, open to the people, learn from them, listen, listen, and learn from them. This whole structure you've created about water, so you go over there and you just see that people are lacking clean water. So, did you know this going ahead of time? Did you have this idea of going into there, or did they people say we need water? So that's a great question, and it's really interesting because the issue that I went in in college to look at was actually business creation and how do you help, especially the young people, get access to capital to create small businesses. And we were all business students at the time, so found that to be very interesting. At the same time, I had known that water had been a challenge in this town. But at this time, development theory had kind of changed and really focused on research shows that if you would just give away a free water filter to everyone in the town, it won't be used long term, right? They won't value it. They won't fully get educated on it. And so our church was smart enough not to just give away the water filters to everyone in the town, but to be able to focus on like what are some sustainable ways to do it and and so at that time of the trip we actually coupled the business training then that the young people were asking for with a need for water and someone said they knew about these water filters that were produced in the dominican republic and wondered if they could start like selling them in their community because they liked how they were locally could, could, could be one day even locally made in haiti which is what we're working towards right now now i um this your work reminded me years ago the archdiocese had a mission in quechotenango mexico and i visited three times and first time what I learned was water is a very political issue especially in that town where uh, so I mean I won't go into that other than my question would be how do you work with the political systems there you know you're coming from somewhere else you're trying to help their people uh, do you have to do some tap dancing uh, in, in those systems 
So luckily, you know, the, the Haitians see this as an all Haitian run project. So our team, I was just messaging them this morning. They just got a, they just started two new communities this weekend. So we just entered two new parishes in Haiti to, to sell water filters through their parish and through their entire community, working primarily through the Catholic churches as our entry point. Oh, okay. But, okay. um, so we enter two new communities. So most of our communities, until they come to the manager training, if I'm there, they don't know that like an American is necessarily behind this. They see it as they should as the Haitian run business too. In Haiti, because there is no management of the water in most of the rural communities, there's no government government management of the water filtration system. It's a lot less of a political topic than it has been in some communities. There's not necessarily a lack of water. There's a lack of clean water and okay. proximity to water. Good, good. Great question. That's, that's a good insight. You know, we're going to take a little break, Josh. WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago 312-255-8408. Or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. In a few minutes, we'll be back to discuss with Josh Goralski unlocking communities, the latest projects that he is working on for the benefit of the our global community. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible, free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. We are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. 
Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, on 312-255-8408, or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Uh, we're here with Josh Gorelsky talking about unlocking communities. Father Greg, you have a question? Yeah, Josh, and just listening to you, which is a marvelous story, in all the work you've done in Haiti since this began, how has this ministry touched and changed your life? Great, great question. And I think, you know, well, Haiti holds the special, a very, very deep and special place in my heart because of the people that I had, had have met there. I was actually just messaging my country director, Ernso. It's the chance to do cross-cultural learning that has really like impacted me when I got to bring a good friend of mine who actually like lives in Ukraine to Haiti. I was just texting my country director now about, she, he was wondering how she was doing. And then for the opportunity to get to bring my country director, Ernso, to Kenya as we're starting operations in Kenya and Ghana soon through part, local partner organizations there. We are, I am excited to get the chance to bring him and to facilitate deeper cross-cultural learning so that our, our impact not just be in Haiti, but it can be globally as well. And I met this fantastic young Jesuit priest in, in Nairobi, Kenya, and through a friend, and he is just like what gives me a lot of hope for the Catholic Church and how he's helping manage the finances for all these rural Jesuit parishes and schools across East Africa. And we were talking about how this program integrate through those schools and churches. It was just a really exciting conversation. So I would see that I would call you a modern day, modern day missionary um, using technology. Give people a little bit of your background too. I mean, you, you haven't, this is not all of your Josh talents. Is a, Josh is a computer guru. Right. I mean, you kind of <laughs> see the world probably through some of those lenses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so one of the things that that's actually made us really successful in Haiti is we implemented an app to monitor all of our sales in these rural communities. And even though they don't have internet, they can still type in the data on the app and then it syncs when they have internet access because internet's pretty unstable. Previously to working at the Y, I got my map. Previously to unlocking communities, I was working at the National YMCA and worked for Holy Name Cathedral actually for a little while and Old St. Pat's and did um, my master's in social justice at Loyola Chicago. So the deep kind of Catholic social justice roots, but I've been working for the social sector for over a decade now and continue giving back in Chicago, doing a little bit of work in North Lawndale and a little bit of work with the YMCA of Chicago right now as well. So you're a young adult, you're involved in missionary work, you have you see where we are as a church right now. What do we need to be about in terms of attracting? You know, we had to renew my 
my church meeting, every parish involved that day said, uh, we need to attract young adults to the church. It's an issue for all the parishes in the downtown area as we're talking about it. What do we need to do? You know, I, I humbly think that it's work like myself and work like how do you live out the Catholic mission through um, through unlocking through an organization like Unlocking Communities and find a way to live it out through your daily life or get people involved outside of that. I know I've gotten a lot of my friends and spoken at a number of the Catholic churches in the Chicago area, and a lot of the young adults come up to me afterwards and they're like, if I don't want to make this my full-time job, like how do I get engaged in a ministry, whether it be a Catholic ministry or a lay ministry, right, but that's driven by the same Catholic social teaching tenets. And a lot of young adults have been inspired, and I've spoken to many about, like, how do you live out an organization when, you know, being just a Catholic organization in some of the contexts that we work might divide us more than it unites us, but that our organization can be Catholic-informed and, and, and grounded in the Catholic social teachings is really able to unite, reunite all the different branches of Christianity that are in rural Haiti. And we have voodoo priests that work with, with us in Haiti and Catholic priests and Protestant priests. And they, they all work together for the betterment goal of their communities. And I think in terms of young adults, like they're looking to see that, or they're looking to see how, how the church is engaging in social issues locally and globally. It's becoming a bigger thing for them at their employers. I was hearing that even if, even if young adults don't donate to charity, most of them will still look and see if their employer does or not. Along those lines, uh, Josh, you are the founder and CEO of Unlocking Communities. So this for you, is this your full-time job right now? Yes. And for those that are watching, you had said that with a smile, which means it's like two full-time jobs. Yeah, at the moment. Quite busy. Yeah, it is. But now you said you were in yeah. Guatemala. You want to start a community in uh, gathering in Kenya. So you are mm -hmm. now going beyond the work in Haiti. You're gonna are you gonna go into Guatemala and Kenya? So Guatemala is actually where one of our partners is based that manufactures the filters we use in Haiti. But we're working the big things for unlocking communities this year is working to build a factory in Haiti to produce the water filtration systems and then to start start expanding our work across the continent of Africa because there's multiple partners who called us and asked for our expertise. So we are, so we, as I mentioned, we have an active partnership in Kenya and in Ghana right now. We're beginning. So you seem, this, this is just an observation from knowing you for a while. You don't have any fear of jumping in and figuring out what's next. Is that just a personality no. trait, or did you learn that somewhere, or is it because when you jump in now, you always do have a positive uh, spin and, and a positive direction on what you're doing? You know, I think, and, and I subscribe to in philanthropy people like Mackenzie Scott who are giving away all this money at once. This the theory that like if we have the we have the knowledge of how to solve some of the biggest social issues in the world, right? Like we know how we know the answer to clean water and getting everyone in the world clean water. To me, there should be no one dying of clean water in any of the any day in the future because we know that everyone either needs a water filtration system or they need pipe access to clean water, ideally both of them. 
them long term. And if if we don't dream big and look at what's next, you know, my model is looking at like how do we reach 50 million people in the next five years, 100 wow. million people. We're looking, we're talking to funders who can do that. And now with more people wanting to go carbon neutral, something I don't think I've mentioned on this show before is each water filtration system we sell is equivalent to eliminating two tons of CO2 emissions into the air. And companies who are wanting to go carbon neutral also want to support that work because they want the carbon offsets from it too. So there's just a multifaceted fold. And I think there's a unique opportunity with the different funding landscapes and also with the affordability of the products to really rapidly scale this. And I kept looking and no one's tried this before. So I think it's the time is right to try this type of Now, Josh, scale. along those lines, connect the work you do, which is a marvelous ministry, way of life, modern days, Marxist missionary. Connect all this with your faith journey. So for me, it's, you know, I had a priest that growing up that said, like, church isn't what you do one hour a week. It's what you do the other, the rest of the week from 10 a.m. on Sunday morning till 9 a.m. the next Sunday morning when you come back. And that is church. And so I really see this as my church lived out. It's my, my dad's legacy who's now passed away and my mom, they, they really instilled social justice. And I think, you know, if, if, if our lives are measured by the impact we leave on the world, then let my impact be in the space of clean water and economic empowerment for rural communities. So I'll ask it's this- amazing ins- response. Yeah, I'll ask this instead of Greg asking it. Um, you keep, saying these priests have had an influence you know all during the show have you ever thought about uh that call to priesthood so i have but in talking in talking to priests it's it feels almost more constraining to do the work than than it than, than to be a priest and to do it because of um the the, the structures that you have to operate with inside of at times but um but I that's not what i asked you i asked you have you have, have you ever felt that call, Josh? Remember, Mark is a tough reporter. He gets to the he gets right no, down to the hard questions. I, I, that's what I'm interested in. Have you ever thought this ministry connects in some way to the priesthood? I have not personally. Okay, no. but, but it, um, it's, it's interesting when you talk I, about. I know the, people who have. I know others who have in Haiti and and, and seeing that that. And I think you know along those lines. We've, we're running out of time here, Josh. If people would like to make a contribution to your marvelous ministry, mm-hmm. how can they do so? Give us a web, give us a phone number. Yeah, so great question. You can go to the website, unlockingcommunities.org forward slash donate, or there's a donate button at the homepage of Unlocking go, uh, give, give it one more time, one more time. Unlockingcommunities.org and click on the donate button. For those of you watching the live stream, it's up on the screen right now. Okay. Um, and then there's also an address on the website if you want to mail a check, or you can also make a phone. Uh, you can make a donation via via calling phone at six three zero three zero three seven two five nine. Then number once again, Josh. Six three zero three zero three seven two five nine. Now before we close, any closing thoughts or remarks you'd like to share with our listeners? That and just as Mark and I have interviewed you and talked with you this morning, you are just so energized mm-hmm. and you've given your life to this we're not talking part-time but i find fascinating mark is josh you could be earning big big money sure. in the corporate world 
with your computer mind and just your goodness, you can be making a lot of money running a different type of company for a heck of a lot more money, but you've chosen this. So any closing remarks for our listeners? What, how would you like to leave today's program? Just, um, to, if you could all just take a look at our website, right? Like if it's not our work, like think about where you're most passionate and get involved. I was reading something yesterday that said like, because we are in the United States, like we are blessed with a position to be generous. And it is because of people's generosity that enables me to do this work and we gain sustainability as we scale, but we still we still need everyone's support. So if it's not our work, if it's locally, like find a way to get involved and and understand because, you know, not every organization is created equal. There are certainly some that are better than others at truly tackling the systemic roots of poverty. And I believe that's what our Catholic faith calls us to examine is what is that preferential option for the poor? And how do we acknowledge everyone's dignity in sustainably solving these challenges? It's a beautiful close. Again, give us the website and phone number one more time, Josh. Sure. sure. Unlocking communities, all one word, dot org. And the phone number is 630-303-7259. I want to thank in a very special way Josh Golorski, the CEO and founder of Unlocking Communities. Josh, you've inspired me, and I've heard the story before, but it's never told again the exact same way. So, Josh, keep up the great ministry, the great work you do, and God bless you. Also, uh, stay with us. Our phone number is 312-255-8408. and get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. WNDZ 750 AM. Father Greg Sackwitz along with Mark Teresi. Stay with us. And again, do not touch that dial. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Greg. Thank you.